So I'm saying, if it is that you want to say something about the national team, um, where we are, what happened on Thursday up against Ghana, uh, please be my guest. But we're spinning things a little differently on the show. It's not just about ranting and raving if you want. It's about coming with a solution. It's about making me see your perspective as to why perhaps you have a certain vision or why through your eyes uh, something isn't working. I say to Timmy all the time, sometimes when we watch football together, I say... The both of us can watch a football game and we'll watch with different eyes. Um, I'll walk away there. Yes, the score is obviously on the board. It's there. Uh, But we would pick up different nuances. And so, therefore, I'm throwing it out to you. Um, The sports lovers, the Bafana Bafana lovers, the football lovers, um, zoom in and share your thoughts. But go ahead and share. And if it is something that you're unhappy about, go ahead. And make us happy about it by coming with a solution. Um, I would appreciate that. As promised, we are chatting to David Notwana, SA Under-23 coach. He is on the line now as I welcome him to the show. Coach, a warm welcome and thank you for your time on the Sunday afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Rami. Uh, thanks for the opportunity and good afternoon for to the listeners of the show as well. Thanks How for are you me. doing? I believe you're out in Eteguini and one of our, our, our listeners, Mohammed, says it's terrible weather. Well, yeah, it was a bit of a terrible weather, but I've been sitting outside now as we wrap up our camp and uh, a bit cloudy, of course, unlike Devon, you know, mm. but uh, uh, for us being the Houtelings, good always to be at sea, isn't it? <laughs> you know, so we appreciate the, the sight of the ocean, but yeah, yeah, yeah different the sea weather, yeah. good. Yeah, definitely. And how have you been keeping? I mean, in a pandemic, yes, you're out there, as you said, at the ocean. It is nice to get travel back um, into your life. And I, I guess the, 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 the lifestyle that coaches do live. Did you become itchy without the travel? Yeah, it was very, very difficult, you know, for, for everyone. Of course, for us, we are always on the road and... Uh, uh, COVID kept us closer to family, which mm. was fantastic, of course. You know, you're catching up over many years of being away on weekends, uh, unfortunately. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm away on a weekend on duty, of course, but right. uh, 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 it's nice to be away from the trappings of uh, uh, COVID-19 and being able to do what we love most, which mm. is being with the players mm. and uh, out there smelling the grass. That's it. And uh, seeing, you know, where the players are in relation to the objectives we've set for our lives, you know. So, yeah, that is the exciting part of being out there in Devon at the moment. Please tell me, where are the under-23s in terms of where you would like them to be? Um, Especially if we take a look at Olympics and readiness, fitness. If it is that we have come out of what, I mean, we would never have, have dreamt of, a lockdown and being inactive. So... Where would you where would you put them? Yeah, I would say uh, wrapping up uh, the camp uh, today. Uh, I would say in terms of the squad uh, uh, progression, you know, expanding the pool of players. Uh, I think we are eighty percent of where we would like to be. Uh, of course, in terms of uh, assessing the weaknesses and strengths of the team, uh, but also you know the twenty percent remaining is the integration of some of our foreign based players, mm-hmm. new ones and our regular ones. So that's where COVID uh, actually rendered rendered us a little bit short. But we still have a camp in June, and we still have about four weeks leading to the tournament. So that gives you about six to eight weeks where we can bring everyone together and yeah. have a, a solid uh, uh, preparation. So we are pretty much on track, I would say. 
That's wonderful. That's good to hear. And I mean, taken where we're coming from, and I'm talking about being inactive and not being able to play, I guess fitness perhaps uh, and keeping healthy is is up to the individual at the end of the day. But if you had to just cast a net, would you say strengths and weaknesses are similar based on, I'm going to call it, our history? Yeah, look, uh, at the moment, the good thing uh, that has happened with COVID is that, which is probably a strength for the first time in a long time, we have a, a huge pool of young players, you know, that are playing regularly mm. uh, within their teams due to a congested fixture schedule first, but also a lot of them holding their own and showing uh, uh, maturity in terms of their game through playing, which is something we've always be cried, you know, as a country. So from that perspective, I think we are in a good space, you know. Of course, then uh, the fact that you can't get the kind of games to test these players that you integrate mm. players like Ashley Dupree at Stellenbosch, for example, joined us first time. Uh, look, you know, players from Supersport. So to test them with PSL teams has been a good exercise, I must say. But the ideal is to test them at, you know, real international competition to test their maturity because uh, at that level, the first thing that really counts first is, is the personality coming in and fitting in. Yeah. And then the experience also of, of coping with the demands of that level mm. is what would then drive the team collectively and, uh, to success, you know, but it starts first with the individual, as you right. know, yeah. Right. And I like what you said. I mean, they've shown that maturity because I know that you beat a team that's currently second in the DSTV Premiership. And I mean, what do you have to say about the boys' performance against Arrows? Yeah, look, first, uh, one must really congratulate uh, both Golden Arrows and the Marisbeck for availing themselves. Uh, they gave us fantastic, you know, competition. The Arrows game had all the elements, you know, the physicality, uh, very competitive spirit. And you, you, you also realize that, you know, when you're playing a PSL team, they are out to prove that they can be a national team. And also you being a national team, you are out there to make sure that you don't lose to a local club because... The message that it sends could just come across, you know, not in the direction that you want it. So from that point, it was a very, very good game. Tactically, also very good game. Arrows is a team that can play on transition. They can also come in and press you. So I'm very, very happy, you know, with the outcome of that game, especially with the integration of new players. Right. And so was my respect game yesterday as well, you know. So uh, 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 kudos to the provincial, you know, uh, government, sports and rec department. Nice and Eteguini for availing all the facilities, resources, hotels, you know, they were covered mm. by them. Mm. So that shows the true patriotism and support for our teams that one, you know, takes confidence from going into the Olympics. That's beautiful because a lot of work goes on behind the scenes. Yes, we know you guys are in a camp. We know where you are. We know who the coach is. We know who the players are. But there's so much um, work, you know, uh, logistically, I guess, to get everybody together. Would you say a pandemic has made people come together a little closer, whether it be the Department of Sport, whether it be coaches, whether it be municipalities, is there a better communication and cohesion and a want, a want for these stars to be the best they can possibly be, especially on an international stage? Yeah, I I would say so, honestly, based on the experience now, because, uh, you know, obviously, it's an opportunity we, we, we seized, we tapped into possibilities of the KZN uh, 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 government, government through sports. Mm. 
mm. you know, being in a position to get assist us. They show an interest, and we know they've hosted a lot of big matches, you know, uh, with at international level and even domestically. Mm. So we just it was a chance moment, and uh, when we tapped in and they responded, and as you say, understanding the challenges that uh, 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 the pandemic has put before us. We are really grateful that they so fit within their budgets, you know, uh, uh, allocated to sport, of, co- of mm. course, and recreation mm. that they could assist us in that regard. So uh, 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 we are really, really grateful. And I think that demonstrates exactly what you are highlighting, that, you know, COVID has, has really pulled us together, yeah. you know. Uh, but again, it differs from sector to sector, because as I'm talking to you, probably, you know, on the artist side, if I follow the story over the weekend, yeah. There's been a lot of, you know, crying, the lack of support at the Correct. same time. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess it's just, you know, to find the right balancing act to ensure that uh, 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 all are serviced as equally as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, from, from where we are sitting, we are really benefiting and we are happy about it. I mean, Coach, between the 21st and the 29th, which is tomorrow of March, it's just over a week Um, you've been given an opportunity to see and you're coming out with positive remarks about what it is you saw from the 24-man squad that you had selected. What have you not seen that you're not happy about, that you know you're going to need to work on? Um, And as you said, another uh, training camp uh, is only in June. Yeah, no, no, definitely the old, you know, uh, headache of South African teams, as you know, that we create in so many good moments, opportunities in attack, mm. but not not being able to cross the finishing line with with uh, the quality that you desire, going into an Olympic tournament, you know, right. and 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 in both games, for example, you know, we we are a team that plays from the front foot, a team that likes to press high, a team that likes you know to dominate the ball and dominate opponents, mm. and uh, even post uh, 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 Afcon, you know. The report really showed, you know, we really applauded for being one of the teams that came out to really come and play football. And that's us, and that's South Africa, I think. So the fact that we've had probably about six in each game, moments where we pressed the team, stole the ball in their build-up, but not finding that cutting-edge pass, that cutting-edge shot to finish the attack and take mm-hmm. advantage of the moment, it's something we'll have to work very hard on. Yeah. You know, and it's down again to, you know, what the clubs are accustomed to in the PSL week in, week out, because we only get to spend this mm. four or five days, really, to be honest. So we were also looking at profiling the players from the tactical strategy we want to employ and see what the output is. So yeah, that continues yeah. to be a big area that we need to work harder on going forward. Is it fair judgment when I take a look at Coach David Notwane and what it is he's done with the under-23s, given the fact, and you've just said it, you have so little time, but at the end of the day, when a team isn't doing well, we do turn and we look at the coaches and go, ah, it's the coach. Would you say fair judgment or not in a case like yours? Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It is a bit. Yeah, it is our job, as you know. Uh, we are judged by results. We are CEOs that have to come up with ten around strategies in seven days, you know, and make sure that we maximize uh, a return of investment. <laughs> so we invest seven days in the players with the belief that, uh, you know, within that seven days we can get the result that the country expects of us. So I think when you come into our space, you need to be knowing and be sure that you can handle all the, 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 the demands, yeah. mental, 
you know, tactical, physical for the players. Mm. So mm. I think it's fair, to be honest with you. Hence, probably, you know, national coach is not for everyone. Right. Same as PSL, you know. Mm. So mm. we are equipped. We know how to approach matches when you have to prepare for two days like Bafana Bafana, really, to be honest, and mm. still be expected to come out with a result. So yeah. the unfair part is that, of course, we rely on the work that goes behind the scenes in their everyday life in the PSL clubs. And yeah. I think we could, as a country, do better in finding the synergy and common approach to you know, training players, coaching players, and make sure that there's cohesion in that regard. Mm. How do you handle that? How do you handle the ne- negativity? I mean, the positivity, uh, the positive side is always good to embrace, you know, when you're mm. doing well. I mm. always think it's from the negative where you learn the most. But for you as a coach, how do you? How do you stand tall, be well-rounded, and and take the criticism when it comes? Yeah, look, you, you know that not everyone is going to appreciate what you are doing. And... You have to look now at your work, you know, yourself and the public reaction and, of course, the response of the team at the end of the day. Mm. And uh, you want things to be sliding, obviously, on a 60-40% ratio and up in a positive space. So when the criticism comes, you really have to look at it and say, is it justified? You know, is there a case that is being made, you know, and look at of course, yourself internally and reflect. And if the, the criticism is justified, then it's our job to look internally and see where are the problem areas that could result in this criticism mm. that is coming out. Because I believe that people wouldn't just criticize you for the sake of criticizing you. There must be something that leads to that. Yeah. And it's our job to try to take that in and put the story out there that explains why mm. what the people are expecting is not happening. And if we can explain that and sell that uh, with the right, you know, <laughs> reasoning, mm, then mm. it will remain as it is, I believe. But certainly people are not blind. People are not naive. And I believe people are also honest yeah. uh, in, in saying what they see or saying what they expect to be seeing happening. You know, so it's really upon us to translate that message, absorb it and turn it into positive action. That, mm, for me, mm. that's how I always look at it and look. If you criticize me as we are talking now and your criticism is justified, I also have to raise my hand and I believe be honest and right. say, yes, you are right. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's work in progress. Maybe it's beyond my, my control sometimes, you know. So very important for us to find each other as, as South Africans, whether it's in the media space, whether it's supporters of football and followers of our clubs. I think that is very, very important. Yeah. But the message that we need to be sending has to be the one that appeals to the public and the public see it as the message they can resonate with. Mm, mm. It's beautiful in terms of how you say internalize, you know, take in what is being said. And obviously, if there is justification, then by all means, raise your hand and say, "Okay, you know, this is how uh, it's going to go down. Would you say you do the same in terms of the relationship that you have with the players? Because firstly, I I don't envy. I have much respect for the job of a coach. I really do. Because, I mean, it must be a headache for you to select a final squad to represent South Africa, your country, on like an international stage like the Olympics. And then there's hopes and dreams that you crush literally by not choosing a certain player. What is the balance? How does that happen? Because those that you don't choose, you might feel aren't ready they might feel differently. And in that, 
I do feel, you know, you have the power to to make or break a dream. So, Coach, how is that? How is that done? Yeah, very good question indeed. Uh, and look, first, we are all servicing the public. We are in a public service of sorts, you know, mm. because we represent in South Africa, and a lot of people's uh, faith, belief, and desire to see South Africa do well on a global stage rest within our our shoulders and our hands. So for me, the point of departure is always about the player. I'm a player-centered coach. Yes, we devise strategy. Yes, we're getting this talent. And we're coming up with strategies that will make sure that we maximize the talent that is available to us. So I think first at the point of selection and within the players when they come into camp, the message is clear. We're sharing one common goal. But at the end of the day, it's the players that go out there on the pitch and they carry a huge responsibility and accountability for the performance that they put out there. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, for me, that's the first point of departure of our equation to make, make them aware that from the time we come into training, yes, we're working on strategies where they might feel uncomfortable. It's very important that you know, because you can only fix what you know instead of waiting for it, you know, to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 inside a match because then it could be a little bit too late. So the relationship that you also develop, the synergy that you have with a group of players, you have to be in sync, they have to feel comfortable that they can approach you and talk about the game and talk about the overall issues within the camp. And so far that has been very well handled by the rest of us, you know, the medical, uh, you know, the the, the, the the fitness coaches and the support staff mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. we're working very, very well collectively. And when the, when the players see that, you know, that in itself already gives a degree of confidence and belief that whatever strategy you're coming up with should be working because they can see that the machine as a well-rounded uh, thing is moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be hard. Do you have backlash when that does happen and you have left somebody out? And, you know, there are those niggling things. And perhaps it's a little different for men uh, than women. But I'm just trying to think back to my school days and being left out of the A-team, you know. Then you're like, ah, oh, Coach David doesn't like me. Oh, Coach David <laughs> likes so-and-so because that is his uncle's cousin's friend's child's son. Um, you know, there's so many reasons. But if a player had to approach you, it seems like it's a pretty clear-cut a conversation as to why you didn't make it versus who made it. Yeah, look, Romy, you know, honesty plays a very, very important role in this equation. You know, um, as we started the project, everyone is clear from the qualifiers that, hence I said, first we are servicing the country. So whatever decisions that we make, sometimes we have to sacrifice ourselves for the country to be successful eventually, you know. And I always reference the experience that uh, I had probably along with Nkosin Pile Ngobo. Because we were with Coach Tavos in the under-20s when the team was going to Korea. And for reasons beyond his control, one found himself, you know, in terms of my engagement at club level, being able not to go with the squad to World Cup, which Mm -hmm. was a, a massive opportunity, to be honest with you. And... You know, I remember at some point the coach was really pushing me to plead with my employers to say no. But And we were going to play a cup final of mm. the uh, MDC Shield Cup. So I had to skip that opportunity, you know. Hence, I'm, I'm saying to you then that if one could, could go through that, you know, and you don't know if the future would have given you an opportunity to go to the Olympics at that time, yeah. Yeah. you know. So 
it's all about opportunities, it's all about sacrifice, and it's all about being honest in the selections that you're making. And as the players are here today, once we qualified, I already sent out a clear message that guys, no one is guaranteed mm-hmm. to go to, to the Olympics. But when you have the opportunity, you have to seize it, you have to run with it. But at the end of the day, we are doing it for each other because I can share with you that only 18 to 20 guys plus the extras can really go to the Olympics to to, to, to go perform and participate. Yeah, so yeah. there are going to be disappointments, definitely. But the disappointments won't be based on us not having the desire to take them. It mm. will just be what the rules are, and we have to take the best available 18. We have to take the best available 18 to implement the strategy that we'll put in, in, in place. And sometimes your best 18 players or 11 players on the field is not necessarily the best team that will get you the result. It's, it's, it's the best 11 that can execute the strategy. Mm. And we always talk now, I'm driving the idea of an effective player at international level and what is an effective player. So they also understand that they could be talented, but if they are not effective enough at this point in time for the demands of the Olympics, then, mm. you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. If there's someone more effective than them, no matter mm. how talented someone is to the next person. So yeah. it's a it's a juggernaut, you know. It is. It is. And like I said, mad respect to coaches because it's a job I do not envy. It really is tough out there. You talk about talent um, and talent um, th- that can do, you know, the job you need done at the Olympics. Let's talk about the talent. I mean, out in Europe, I mean, there are some players doing very well. You've got your Malepes, Link, Chauki, Leroux, Kodisang. There are so many. I mean, Kanya Lechabela as well. How do you keep tabs on all of these talented players? Yeah, look, uh, we have, you know, people in your space, in the media supporting us from time to time with the updates. You know, we get in regular updates through a guy like Nick Said, for example, you know, on uh, a report that comes through to Safa, who played how many minutes. These days, you know, live streaming is helpful, I must say, because you can log on, watch some of the boys playing, you know, uh, difficult as it is with a sm- on a small uh, laptop or tablet. Yeah, yeah. But at least you, we do have these opportunities to be able to, to follow their progress, hence, a player like Pepele uh, Stole, you know, we followed him, we tracked him, and he's doing fantastically this season in Portugal, you know, and, and it's one of those, you know, we hope we'll have an opportunity in the next camp to be able to bring them closer. Gift Links is also buzzing in Denmark. We are mm. happy. You know, high levels of confidence. Lyle came off injury and started playing, you know, hence he's called up into Bafana. So we are really in a good space uh, at the moment. So, but then you have to look at those that are getting their minutes, you know, far and in between in Europe. These are the ones that are doing very well domestically. And at the end, I think when you bring these talents together, you have to, to be informed by their performance, their connection, their synergy as to which is the best possible permutation that will give you what you want eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coach, we actually have a listener who sent through a voice note for us posing a very interesting question. Here is a question. Uh, hold the line from Libra. Good afternoon, Romy, and uh, good afternoon to the coach. Uh, it's Libra here. Uh, some time, but yeah, I'm back now. Um, I just wanted to ask uh, two questions to the coach. Uh, you know, the other day I was listening uh, to your interview uh, where you said that um, in South Africa we have a goalkeeping crisis, um, especially when it comes to the, uh, the coaches having to select uh, 
the goalkeepers for the national team, the national coach. And um, one of the key issues here, I've often raised this, is that uh, you look at most PSL and Glad Africa Championship teams, they don't have South African goalkeepers. They're foreign goalkeepers. You know, I don't know if they do not have confidence in our own goalkeepers here in South Africa. What can you attribute that to? Uh, where our local teams often use foreign goalkeepers. Do you attribute that to academies not producing enough goalkeepers? Or is, is the fact that, uh, you know, our our chairmen of the clubs, you know, look to foreign goalkeepers because they are tall? I don't know, man. And then secondly, um, you also said that the reason why you do not select um, overseas-based players to come to the under-23 team is because they take a lot of time to adapt to the culture here in South Africa. And what I want to ask you is, what did you mean by that? Because if you play, I don't care where you come from, I don't care where you play football around the world, football is the same culture. Uh, you will adapt. You will adapt to the philosophy of the coach. So, just wanted you to explain that because I was really, you know, perplexed to that when you said that the reason why you don't select them is because they take time to adapt to the football culture in our country, which is strange to me, because an English, an England team can call a player in in um, in Germany and he adapts. Thank you very much, Romy. And thank you so much there to Libra for that question. Coach Libra said quite a mouthful there, you know, having followed, yeah. obviously, your team. But go ahead um, and answer his questions. Yeah, very interesting. Let me start with the last one first, I think, um, because it's a very, very important uh, point of departure, I suppose. Mm. Um, I don't think uh, it's necessarily a, a, a factual that football culture is football culture because mm-hmm. for me it's a statement that is neither here nor there because if we were to break down culture you'd know that culture means that it's a society that does things their own way which is a certain way defined by that society correct so so from a football point of view now let me give you a case of germany you know the the mentality of the germans and philosophy of germans is germany first mm-hmm. german players first you know so uh, and they know how they play their football. They know how they approach their football. Uh, players playing in Germany, hence you see Sadio Mane, uh, sorry, not Sadio Mane, uh, 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 the boy from uh, who was at Man City, uh, the left winger. He, he moved now from Man Leroy. City due to lack of... Leroy, yes. thank you, yeah, Leroy. He moved back to Germany, and if you see him now, his performance is in Bayern. Unbelievable, you know, because he probably struggled a little bit to fit in with the English culture of football, by the way. Mm. You look at Belgium. Belgium have their own way of playing football and their own culture as much as they export a lot of players. And so, therefore, it means now uh, coming coming to the issue of what do I mean? What do I mean is, uh, and maybe in South Africa it could be a little bit different because we have diverse approaches to how teams are playing, to how we are coaching, based on who is in charge. And that's a problem area number one, you mm-hmm. know. So, therefore, when a player, uh, 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 if my son is growing up overseas, the culture of where he's growing will probably take precedence and effect to how he's being developed as a footballer there. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes down here, you'd know how South Africans or players in the southern region generally, you know, our physiological makeup, our geographical conditions dictate that we play totally different, high-energy football, highly athletic football, very individual. Whereas generally European teams play much more better, you know, in a structured way. Mm-hmm. Hence, uh, our previous coach, Stuart Baxter, 
bemoaned the fact that South African players cannot operate in a structure. So there again may be a case in point of a disconnect of sorts between the culture of the coach and the culture of the players. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about this kind of things because the public, I think, we have to accept what is there and what we see and we can deny it because we watch a lot of DSTV Premiership football and we want our football to be like that. But the reality is it's not like that, mm-hmm. you know. And based on where our national teams and how they're going to perform, do we now expect our national team to perform like your foreign-based national teams, Germany, uh, you know, Belgium and so forth? Yes, we do, because we are competing at that level. Yeah. Then for me, my opinion is we need to work then as a country at a base to start to, you know, generate reform and coaching standards, playing philosophies, playing styles. That will lead us to be able to be identifiable as a South African teams to be able to compete at that level. So when you take a player uh, from outside to group outside, and I'm not saying that they can't come in and fit in, mm-hmm. but I'm saying in terms of the timelines available to us, and it's based also, especially at the younger age, it's even more difficult there because young players are young players. You mustn't forget that we are talking about human beings here. So yeah. from an emotional connection point of view, you see a pattern of challenges. For example, it's already tough sometimes when you get a player from Cape Town to mix him with players that are coming up country or from KZN in Natal because we are so diverse in our society. Mm. So mm. those are the things and the realities that I'm putting out there, you know? And that's my opinion and view based on the experience you have been working with the national teams over time. Now, the challenge is we have to come up with programs that will help these players be integrated and settle into the teams quickly. But also the personalities of the players themselves are different, you know, come into the <laughs> equation. Yes. So, so it's all about emotion, to be honest with you, Romy. You know, emotional connection between you and me when we come together for whatever activity would determine how quickly we, and how well we're going to work together. Mm. It, it, it's just a general principle and approach to everything of life, I suppose. So yeah. I think, you know, we are trying to put out that message to say we're not necessarily saying there's no place for these players. Of course, you want the best of the best of players to come and represent South Africa. Perhaps, as you said, the most important thing is to try to bring them in earlier into the junior teams. And there I say, Romy, the truth of the matter is most of these players... They pop up only when we've qualified for tournament. Mm. When I started with this project, three weeks before the first game qualify against Angola, no one was talking about there's this player there, there's this player there, there's this player there. We went to AFCON. There was no talk of this player there, this player there. Now okay. we've qualified. Now the names are coming up. So we also really have to be honest to ourselves and be you know, pragmatic in terms of the situation we are in. Now, do I leave the players? that have helped qualify the team, which are mostly local, mm. and look now for the branded players, because that for me, that's sometimes what it's about. So okay. I think we have to be cautious not to divide the nation, but carry the spirit of unity that South Africa requires for South Africa to uh, uh, achieve its objective. Yes. The first question, though, let's move on to the goalkeepers. The goalkeepers issue. Crisis, yes. he called it. The crisis mm-hmm. is a big one. I think Coach Nzeki put it out there. We're following the stats every weekend we are watching. So as to why, look, again, for me, if you ask me, let's look at what's happening in global trends. Goalkeepers now, people talk of 1.8 meter minimum height. Mm-hmm. Now, we have to look at the geographic position that we are in. 
and the kind of players we are we are producing. Mostly, on average, 178, 176, 177. And especially at the younger age, it's very difficult to determine how these kids are going to grow. So, therefore, uh, it's all about talent for me and what the modern game demands. So, therefore, uh, yes, rightfully so, you know, if I'm in a PSL team and I'm considering whether it's from crosses, whether it's from what, I'm going to look for a solution. And the solution sometimes comes out from outside. And that's the business of football, you know, at premiership level. Yeah. But does it benefit the country necessarily? It's proven not to. So therefore, uh, in terms of identifying talent within our structures, you know, perhaps we have to go back to the grassroots level, youth programs, and start to, you know, look at players who can mm. fit the profile that global football demands in goalkeeping area and start to develop them. So everything points down again to our development structures, national programs being uh, uh, revised and reformed to meet uh, the demands at global level, I think. Then we didn't have this discussion of crisis with regards to uh, the goalkeeping department, Mm -hmm. but at the moment, it's what it is. But, I mean, you're confirming the crisis. Does this mean you'll have to choose overage goalkeepers when you head uh, head to the Olympics? Look, uh, luckily for me, again, out of this camp, it was a very, very, and that's an area indicated we need to look into and try to fix. So if you look at the uh, Fisum Lungwana at Golden Arrows, probably fits the profile, you know, and he's a boy that started playing football seriously less than 10 years ago, by mm-hmm. the way, you know. Mm. So <laughs> you can imagine yeah. now. So uh, 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 therefore, but his talent, you know, he's playing week in, week out. We are happy for that. Then we have Monjum Potter, who also fits, you know, the sort of profile that you would expect of a goalkeeper at the global stage. And uh, he's had his up and downs at Celtic, not getting game time. But out of this camp, we are at this comfortable and happy that he's showing signs that he's overcome his injury wounds. So therefore, uh, we're worried very much there. So I would say out of this camp, we are 60-70% comfortable with under-23. But look, we are going to a big, massive tournament and experience becomes a factor. So if we have to choose now, we brought in Ricardo Goss, who's the next in line, you know, at Bafana level with uh, Rowan, Rowan Williams. So therefore, we'll have to see based on how the two younger ones are and progress, are progressing and uh, can they give the team the stability, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that is required without compromising the opportunity to play in a big tournament for the future of Bafana Bafana. So I think we'll make that decision when we get closer to the tournament, but... Uh, at the end of the day, we want to do something for South Africa and create a historic moment for South Africa by being able to, you know, go get a medal mm. at the Olympics. Mm. Because I, I don't, I'm not one that subscribed to this notion of going into a tournament with half half cooked eggs. Mm. We either go for the full bounty, or we might as well stay at home. You know, yeah. so so far I'm happy with uh, what's happening within the goalkeeping department and between the two experienced goalkeepers likely to go. And the younger ones that are available, I think we've made uh, steady progress at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy about it. Mm. Coach, I'm going to read some names for you and then I'm going to pose my question. Mbule Mukwena, Dupree Ngobo, Mashiani Ngezana Mahalwa. Would you say this is the golden generation? This is the super generation. Uh, that is a consequence of the vision 2022. That suffer started uh, 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 way back. And uh, yes, the vision had its up and down. Uh, that are clearly documented there, and the reasons, uh, uh, you know, behind 
the pitfalls are debatable, you know. So I, I think, uh, and I keep saying to the boys now, even when we started this project, that if I look at where we are with the current Bafana team that is on the verge of qualifying for AFCON and start their World Cup qualification, this is a generation that should seize opportunities that come their way now. As you see, the integration of the players you've mentioned, Lyle, Luza, Sipon Buddha at the moment with Bafana, possibly Tebo Mugwena, you know. So therefore, you see that there's also work that is starting to, to try to prepare the next generation of Bafana, Bafana players for 2026. Mm-hmm. So... You know, as much as it's all doom and gloom, you know, by the look of the eye, but I see, you know, a, a, a light of hope, a light that could bring success to, to, to the national team if we navigate this transition phase properly and be patient. Uh, 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 of course, the results are very, very important. I can't uh, talk to you and say that the results are not uh, important, mm-hmm. but... Uh, beyond results, perhaps better communication needs to go out there instead of where are we really so that the public understands where we are. And I think 2026 to 2030, we should be able to produce a strong enough Bafana team that can do well in a World Cup stage, in an AFCON stage. So we have to find that transition phase now of uh, taking this talent across. But Mm. indeed, we have a lot of players that are of a golden generation. That's amazing. To the critics out there, to those that still have lost hope, that just think, you know what, nothing quite works here when it comes to football, when it comes to grooming from grassroots under 20, under 23 to Bafana Bafana. You have been with the under 23s for the past week. Go ahead and send out that message of hope. The one that you just spoke of that says, we will have that super golden generation. 100%. Hundred percent. I'm 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 certain. But only if we are patient and we take the right steps. You know, <laughs> uh, 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 for me, for me, I see that we are at a cutting edge moment. Because remember, whatever outcome happens now with our Fana Bafana team, that I, as I'm saying, I believe will go through. Mm. It, 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 it's a very very important phase, whereby I believe that uh, if we we we, we, make, we we make the right decision, the right changes and maintain the, 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 the system, the progression, you know, we should be able to have a team that I think uh, 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 could remind us or bring back the successes of the 96-98 in the next four years to six years. So we shouldn't really, really lose touch of that, I yeah. believe, you know. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I believe that too. I was saying to the listeners earlier, I had just goosebumps, as you mentioned, you know, the class of 1996 and where it is that they put uh, South African football. Coach, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you very much for your time on the Sunday afternoon and everything of the best as July edges closer and closer and closer. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Romy, for the opportunity to interact with you and the listeners and uh, clear some of the things that uh, 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 our beloved football supporters see needing to be fixed. And we really appreciate the platform to interact with them. And uh, let me take the opportunity to wish our beloved Bafana Bafana the success in Sudan. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll come back home uh, uh, with what we expect of them, which is to qualify for Sudan based on the plans behind the scene that I'm aware of. And wish Coach Ntegi and his technical team as well. All the, the, the success today, especially the massive moment for the country. May God bless Bafana Bafana today and bless us as South Africans so we can go back to happy days. Thank you, Coach. Stay safe. Thank you.
Coach David Notwane there of the SA Under-23 team. And he says, hang in there as he sees the super golden generation, as he puts it. And he says, patience, in the next four to six years, we would have gotten this thing right. However, do we have South Africans have patience? I don't think we do. We're about that instant gratification. But hold on, because I think there's magic. There's magic happening. Uh, and it's about to be fireworks if we dare just hold on for a minute longer. All rights matter. The dignity of all humanity matters. My name is Dewa Mavinga, the Southern Africa Director at Human Rights Watch. COVID-19 is the 